Strong, healthy, and meaningful relationships are incredibly important and can bring great joy and fulfillment into our lives. Yet, keeping those bonds of love and commitment solid isn't always easy. Welcome to It's All About Relationships with Willie Batson and Jerry Vincent, a program about building relationships with a Christ-centered approach. Together, Willie and Jerry have decades of combined expert insights into how relationships thrive and endure through challenging times. Now let's join Willie and Jerry for today's thoughtful discussion. Well, welcome back to It's All About Relationships podcast. And today we're going to be looking at what happens when disillusionment and disappointment come into the relationship. And I think many of us have wondered, why are relationships so hard? You know, things were so perfect when we first met. What happened? What changed? What brought about where we are today? And, you know, there's times when marriage is great and relationships are going well, and there are times when that famous part of the marriage vow, for better and for worse, is worse than you could ever (laughs) imagine. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Jerry. Welcome, everybody. Uh, My name is Willie Batson. I'm the founder and lead coach for W.C. Batson Coaching, and uh, I was married for 45 and a half years before my wife Cindy passed away in 2018, and uh, I'm now in a new relationship, which I've been sharing a little bit about in our previous episodes, but it's really good to welcome you to this episode. This is episode number three in our season number two, For Better and For Worse, and I'm here with my co-host, Jerry Benson. Thank you, Willie. And I'm Jerry Vincent, and I'm the president of Family Builders Ministries. I've been married for 30 years, and at Family Builders, we love to focus on three areas to help people in the areas of marriage, parenting, and grandparenting. Yeah, uh, Jerry and I have been good friends. I think mostly good friends. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time, Willie, we do all right, right? We do very well for for. Two, two and a half decades, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And it's really good to be able to share with you folks here um, in this podcast. We've been talking about uh, is the for better and for worse aspect in relationships. And we've already looked in our previous uh, episodes. We've looked at taking a truce in your relationship and in times of conflict. And uh, we've also looked at how to keep love alive. And as Jerry mentioned, We're going to be focusing on what happens when disillusionment and disappointment come into your relationship. And uh, Jerry, uh, tell us about a particular couple that kind of fit into this this whole area of disillusionment and disappointment. Yes, Willie. Well, you know, it's I love stories because I think stories illuminate so much for us about relationships and. We can relate to stories. I know in New England, we love telling stories. When I was out in the Midwest, a lot of people out there told more jokes. We don't, I don't tell as many jokes here, do we, Willie? In no, New England? no. Not we, too much, not too much. So, um, but let me tell you a story today about Linda and John. When Linda and John first met, they were an instant connection, an instant energy. People said, look at them, they're soulmates. They, you know, they're perfect complements to one another in every area of their lives. And people said, boy, look at Linda. Look at John. They've got the dream relationship. They've got the relationship that everybody would want. They're just so perfect for one another. So they went ahead. They got married. And about a year into their marriage, though, Linda starts to feel a little differently about John. You know that easygoing nature that drew her to John in the first place? 
Well, some of those easygoing things, some of those things of, uh, you know, yeah, well, I'll be there five or ten minutes late. Don't worry about it. You know, hey, everything's easygoing. Started to become pretty infuriating for hmm. her. And she felt as though every decision was left to her because John couldn't be bothered with it. He had other things to do. And then John, well, on the other side for John there, he wondered, too, what happened? What happened to that woman that he married? You know, when they were dating, he was fine with letting her take the lead and was frustrated that as they got into that first year anniversary of their marriage, she was starting to nag, being a nag to him. Where to eat, what to watch, where to go, all these things. And he's like, nag, nag, nag. Who was it that I married? Yeah, and another couple, Manuel and Liz, they're a year into their marriage. <clears throat> painted uh, That painted a very similar picture to Linda and John. What once were conversations that dove into culture, theology, and history, uh, they were now arguments about why her parents were coming over again. <laughs> that's or, a common one. That's yeah. A, yeah. Or uh, why his mom continually undermined Liz at family gatherings. In addition to their in-law struggles, they constantly disagreed about where their money was going and what was on the grocery list. And it even reached a point where they didn't even want to talk to each other because they're, because every discussion would just end up inevitably in a fight. Mm-hmm. And you know, Willie, at some point in your relationship, you start to realize, hey, this is you know my spouse, the partner that you've called me to is actually a human being. <laughs> <laughs> horror of horrors. Yes, yes. They're real live flesh and blood with all the things that come along with that. And you get to know more and more. And as a result, you start recognizing the flaws and the shortcomings. And, you know, one of the things is, I think, and even in the dating relationships that we have in this country, I know especially, you know, a lot of people want to hide as much as they can in their relationship, you know, like, oh, I don't want to show everything, you know, I don't want to show them what, I don't want to show all these things, I might scare the person off or something, but uh, unfortunately, they are going to be, you know, they're going to come out, you can't hide them. And some of those little habits that the person has, they aren't as cute as they used to be, but you know what, there's still enough goodwill left in the marriage, you can overlook them. You know, this season of marriage can be really confusing and discouraging, especially if you experience a lot of openness and connection in your relationship early on. But at this stage, remember this, your main job is to learn how to communicate and resolve conflict with this person effectively, which is an important skill if you want that relationship to continue. Yeah, Jerry, this season of marriage has often been called the disappointment phase. Uh, As the challenges intensify, they become harder and harder to deal with. You'll most likely begin to pull away from each other in this season. And this is the stage where you define unacceptable, uh, unacceptable behavior. You know, uh, most couples have occasional or frequent thoughts of leaving the relationship in this particular stage and phase. More and more often, um, you start to feel like your partner is self-centered or uncaring or even worse, that they simply can't be trusted And in this disappointment phase, deep deep resentments begin to build if you're unable to resolve your issues in a respectful and mutually agreeable way. You know, Willie, you know, you mentioned about that, about thoughts of leaving the relationship. And unfortunately, in today in our culture and society, a lot of people will be around you. um, And I've heard this again and again in the workplace. 
oh, just leave him. What's, mm. what's the, you know, just leave her. Why bother staying with her? Is it really worth it? And so forth. And it's almost to the point where it's like, you know, just discarding a Kleenex is the same as discarding the relationship, uh, which is really sad. Yeah. And uh, so, but this is also the season when people start to realize that some of their dreams or many of them are not going to be fulfilled. You know, when we get married, we dream those big dreams that we had talked about in the last episode. Where do you want to live someday? What about kids? Hey, should we have kids, or what's going to go on here? Um, Where's God calling us as a couple? Uh, And where the hope, you know, the careers will go and so forth. And we have a dream. We have dreams of a spiritual connection. Will, you mentioned last time, you know, the importance of praying as a couple or going to church together, uh, serving God together, studying the Bible. I remember one of the saddest things, I had a couple, and, you know, they were, at first— church was a high, high priority. They would, you know, Bible study and different things. And then all of a sudden, over the years, all of a sudden, it's like one of the the, the husband almost, you know, no, no I'm not going to go. I, I'm, I, I just don't want to go. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go out. And he had other sports issues, other things that he was kind of involved in, a hockey league and all kinds of things he was involved in mm. that became more important. So kind of kind of sad. But when it does, we have a picture of how the life is supposed to look in our mind. So when it doesn't work out that way, it can be painful. And that death of the dreams, Willie, this is what brings the disillusionment and the disappointment. And that can be the death of a relationship. Yeah, many couples get stuck in this stage, Jerry, because um, this way of interacting becomes normal in their relationship. It's... Um, it's the way they talk to each other every day. It's the way they think about each other every day. This is when it's absolutely necessary to learn to manage your differences effectively. Uh, for instance, to be able to communicate and work together as a team, even though it's tempting to believe that your partner's sole purpose on earth is to make your life <laughs> difficult. I will sometimes uh, ask couples uh, when, when I'm coaching them, uh, are you? Do you believe your spouse is a spouse of goodwill? Mm-hmm. I believe it was Emerson Egerich uh, in his book, Love and Respect, talked about this spouse of goodwill. And very often they'll look at me like, you know, what do you mean? Willie, would you recommend that book? Yes, I would. Yeah, that's a very good book. Yeah. I would too. Yes. Um, so they, you know, they want to know what do I mean by a spouse of goodwill? And I'll say, well, do you wake up in the morning, look over at your spouse and your your thought is, I wonder what he or she is going to do to ruin my life today. If you have those thoughts, then you don't believe that your spouse is a spouse of goodwill. You, you do, you're tempted to believe that your spouse's sole purpose on earth is to make your life dip, uh, very difficult. Now, not surprisingly, this is the stage most couples are in when they decide to break up or file for divorce. However, if they're able to negotiate all of the landmines during this phase, uh, they really have the opportunity to move on to a more satisfying and stable season in their relationship. And what I've seen over the years is that some couples just give up too quickly when they're in this disillusionment, disappointment Mm -hmm. phase. They just throw up their hands and they miss out on working through those challenges and getting to the other side uh, to get to that more satisfying and stable season in their relationship. So hope is possible, isn't it, Willie? It is. It is. So what does it mean to have a disappointing marriage? Does it mean the the end of the relationship? Does it mean, Jerry, does it mean that there's no hope for a better future? Well, I think the thing that happens, Willie, is that the marriage is not, it's not what they thought it was going to be. 
Uh, sometimes, you know, there's not obvious sin or anything else, but there really is just this underlying, I call it a current of disappointment. And disappointing marriages can include a lot of things. I know one of the things can be is lack of romance, lack of intimacy. It's gone. You know, there is none of that time of feeling special intimacy, sexual intimacy, physical intimacy, any of those things that happens. Um, Not a lot of talking, not a lot of connection time. And I've seen, especially sometimes for the woman in the relationship, that connection is so missing that they sometimes, unfortunately, will go out and try to find another another place, and it can mm-hmm. happen for men or women. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, the connection aspect, especially as you're talking about wives, if uh, I have seen some who have taken that opportunity to really invest in their children mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and raising their children, and uh, that can be a challenge. Uh, there were some other things here that a disappointing marriage may include. Oh, yeah. Well, Willie, lack of financial security uh, can be one of those. Uh, no extra money for a new house, vacation, other things. Uh, social media, Facebook, I know. I've talked to, you know, different couples, and especially they'll talk about, you know, oh, boy, look at what the Joneses, look at what the, you know, the Tristans are doing over there. Look what they're doing. They're having fun. They're going on all these trips. They're doing this. Now, COVID, obviously, usually the trips have maybe down a little, a little bit, but uh, some of those things that they're doing are like they have a nicer house. And so, um, you know, disappointing, you're kind of that, that comparison. It also can be a lack of adventure and excitement that was there. And the whole relationship takes on a whole, I would call it a pallor, a pallor mm. of boredom. That's a pallor. That's not a very nice looking. No, no, thing. no. A pallor. That's, that's death, isn't it? It's a, exactly. It is kind of the death. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's a strong word. Yeah. But it's that you know there is not a lot of excitement. You know, come home, and people get back together, and it's like, how was this? Yeah, fine. How was this going? Yep, yeah, fine. You know, there really isn't a lot of uh, interaction going on, and that's the important thing. Yeah, and and that really does lead to boredom. I mean, there's, you know, just bored with each other, bored with their lives. All of these things can add up, leaving a husband or wife to feel disenchanted because the perfect person they thought they married is just as flawed and real as every other person in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So exactly. how do you respond when you're disappointed in your, uh, in, in your marriage uh, and you're disappointed that you're disappointed in what really matters. I guess that's the question that I'm wanting to ask. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can recognize one thing, Willie. Every marriage is going to have frustrations. There's going to be those unmet expectations. There's going to be disappointments. Mm. And it can be really hard to, you know, to, to negotiate that, but it can be helpful to lovingly communicate these disappointments with your spouse. And then that starts a process. It starts a process of growing and maturing. You know, I love that analogy. I used this number of podcasts ago about the garden and tending the garden, but it really goes into that you're growing, you're maturing, you're deeper. You know, it's like nourishing that garden to grow, and you're also growing your and maturing into a deeper relationship with them and God. And I think that's an important component here to recognize, Willie, about our relationship and how these relationships that we have are also maturing us individually. Yeah, the being open and honest about where you're at mm-hmm. and and how you're perceiving the marriage and how you're seeing it, that's a great choice. Or you do have another choice. You can choose to let those daily disappointments that you have just go unspoken, and then that grows into resentment, mm-hmm. 
bitterness and anger, and that will inev- just inevitably lead to destructive behavior toward yourself and may, unfortunately can lead to destructive behavior towards others. So if we let a disappointing marriage grow, it can result in infidelity or divorce in the search for a more perfect partner. Mm. And if you're in one of those situations and you find yourself disappointed in your relationship, you can benefit from something. I know one thing that's really important and I recommend is personal counseling. And personal counseling means meeting with a counselor um, who can really help you uh, work through some of these issues, work through some of these areas if there is disappointment in the relationship and to find somebody who's qualified. Um, now, I, it's funny, qualified. I use that word in terms of somebody said, well, does that mean I have to go into a counselor? That means they have to have 100 plaques on their wall or something else. No, that's not what we're talking about here. But Willie, how do you think you'd look at and find a, someone who's qualified to help you in the area of counseling? Well, obviously, because I'm coming from a, a Christian viewpoint, then I would want to, uh, for instance, if... Um, if you don't have a Christian counselor close by and you're, you've re- referred to another counselor, you can just call them up and ask for an appointment to ask, you know, like a phone appointment. And just ask questions about uh, their training, about how they feel about matters of faith, about marriage. Uh, just some of the questions you have to kind of see if they have the same values that you have. Mm-hmm. That's really important. And uh, the other thing, too, that you can also do this, too, if you're in this, you know, disappointment in the relationship, you can benefit really from practicing gratitude. And when I say gratitude, really having an attitude of, okay, is everything, you know, we talked about a climate. Is everything dark? Is everything dreary? Is there, is there things that you can be grateful for in your relationship and with your spouse? Yeah, I often in a marriage seminar will take some time to have couples, uh, you know, write down two or three things that you really appreciate about your spouse. Um, there have been some times when I've said, you know, on one side, put the things you appreciate about your spouse, and on the other side, things you don't appreciate. Many times that side of things you don't appreciate is going to be longer. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's because we tend to, we just seem to gravitate towards the negative. We we pick up the things that we don't like, and that can overshadow the things that we do like, the things that are still good about our spouse. Now, I recognize that in some marriages, in some relationships, a spouse has gone way too far. They're not living according to Scripture and they are not treating you the way that uh, God wants you to be treated. And those are times when it will be very difficult to be thankful, and those are probably times when you go back to what we talked about just a moment ago with some personal counseling or couple counseling. But really, practicing gratitude is kind of changing your attitude. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so important. The other thing that ties together with that too, Willie, is that what are your expectations? Do you have expectations? Are, and are they realistic expectations? Um, many times we can compare our relationships or our marriages to other marriages and think, well, that's what, you know, that person does that for the spouse or that person's happening. And then we compare and saying, well, I'm not getting that. I should be. Are they realistic expectations? And what, and, and this can be a good point to kind of help uh, people to kind of remember I mentioned that third person speaking into your relationship from the last episode. 
but maybe have people look into your relationships as, is it really what you're looking for, realistic, or is it unrealistic? Yeah, I think that's a great uh, piece of counsel. Uh, because um, we do, uh, we do come into our marriages, we come into our relationships uh, with expectations, and they're not always they're, they're ideal. In fact, I, I think I heard somebody say years ago, if we didn't have some idealism when it came to relationships or marriage, probably none of us would get married. <laughs> you yes, know, it's like yes. <laughs> it's yeah, the, it's the idea like. Okay, I see all these other problems that people are having, but that's not going to happen to us because we really love each other. Uh, I used to tell people, couples, when I was doing premarital coaching with them, uh, I, the first session I would go over the goals and I would say, one of my goals is to talk you out of getting married. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to start, isn't it? Well, well yeah, yeah. you know, it didn't go over very well because no. it was kind of like, well, you know, that, why are we here? Uh, so I had to kind of change it up a little bit. And so now I I approach it that my role, one of my goals is to help you make the final decision to marry. And uh, so we're going to be talking about what are the expectations uh, that you have and be realistic about those. But I think once you're married, uh, it's important for you to unpack those expectations that you still have. I think we talked about, you know, the death of dreams and how some of our, our dreams just are not coming true in our marriages. We need to talk about those. We kind of need to unpack those in a, in a good way, in a, in a way that builds the relationship as opposed to tearing it down, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, work through. Like, I, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I think sometimes people get so caught up in their lives and in their careers and everything they make assumptions about the expectations that their spouse has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, this is one of those places where, you know, sitting down and going like, okay, here's, what I, here's my expectation for the next five years, the next year, or just the, here's my expectation of the next week <laughs> for <laughs> what we're going to do. Yes, yes. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, is that sometimes it's good to really take the time to get to know your spouse again for who they are, not who you want them to be. And I think lots of times we almost can look at our spouses and say, oh, well, this is who I want them to be. This is what, and I want to try to mold and shape them to be, instead of to really appreciate who they are. And it's a work in progress, Willie. We all are. God's doing a work in all of our lives. We are a work in progress. And to really acknowledge that, but to acknowledge that the fact that, yes, I want to get to know you for who you are and what I could use the term phase you're in mm-hmm. right now that mm-hmm. God is reshaping you. So I think that's important. Yeah, all of these are great. You know, um, you know, if you find yourself disappointed in your relationship, these are some things for you to consider that could benefit you. Uh, Jerry and I have worked with struggling couples for over 35 years. Um, we have seen what wives and husbands can do to not only improve their marriage, but also to take care of themselves as God desires. Uh, and, and I would say not just seeing this in the lives of other couples, but even in our own marriages. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Willie. So have you ever awakened in the morning from a wonderful dream to the reality of another ho-hum ordinary day? You ever done that, Jerry? I have, as a matter of fact, Willie. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this as I was watching a movie that just came out, uh, it's called Free Guy, and the whole premise of the Free Guy movie is that it's, it's a guy who wakes up every day, 
And he's actually in a video game. It's actually all around like a video game reality universe. Hmm. And it goes through his life about what he wakes up. But basically every day he does the same thing and every day and nothing ever changes. And it finally something changes. And uh, But he's very disappointed. He's very bored of his day and so forth. And I think sometimes our marriages can be like that too, that we... You know, they think, okay, well, it's just another day to go through. I'm going into work. I'm doing this. I'm doing this routine or so forth. And uh, But it's important. No marriage is immune to that. But how do we kind of awaken themselves to a new reality? Mm. And that's what happens in the movie. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Yes, yes. It reminds me of Groundhog Day. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> going, going back a ways, Willie, to Groundhog well, Day. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Kind of some time. I'm this not is... keeping up with the current stuff No, no. Much. that's. I'm trying to keep you a little current here, Willie. <laughs> Thank yes. you. I appreciate that. Yep. I can use all the help I can get. Mm. Well, the simple reality is that the first rush of love simply can't last because it includes a temporary flood of chemicals that is a form of actual intoxication. Wow. <laughs> intoxication on this Christian podcast, Willie. Where are we going with this? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Do I say what's on my mind right now? <laughs> As I think about uh, my my. Um, growing relationship with Debbie. Yes. And I'm yes. going like, hmm, uh, can I say, hey, I'm intoxicated with you or mm-hmm. by you or whatever. Yes. Oh, let's move on. Yes. Uh, so the second wave of love, you know, that first wave is that um, <laughs> can be actual intoxication. Uh, but the second wave of love that follows is richer and deeper. Uh, but what do you do when the tide seems to go out? leaving you stranded on the dry sands of disappointment. I think I want to give some steps here, Willie, that can really help us find hope for the days ahead when there's disappointment does drown you and the dreams seem to die. What can we do, Willie? Well, I think one of the first things that we want to do is identify the issue. Uh, It's been said that anger is often a secondary emotion. In other words, there's something deeper that is going on which is triggering your short temper or envy. Uh, Maybe you're scared of losing your job or hurt by someone's comments and you feel defensive. In the same way, your disappointment may be hiding behind some other feelings like the, um, the sense that your spouse is neglecting you. So what you need to do is to dig down to the root of what's really happening. Uh, I like to say, I believe I got this from Gary Smalley, that the external problem is rarely the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so has physical intimacy waned? Uh, does it seem like you're playing second fiddle to the kids? Uh, you need to get, you know, the, the intimacy waning or the, the second fiddle to the kids. I, I would say that's kind of the surface issue. And so you want to identify what the real issue is. Clarify what is going on here. Why, have, why do I feel the disappointment? Why has this come into our relationship? And then once you do that, Willie, once you kind of identify the issue, then you have to go in a little deeper, and you want to isolate what the cause is. You know, it's one thing to recognize what's going on. It's another to kind of say, okay, this is what's responsible. Who's responsible? And, of course, being who we are, typical Mm -hmm. uh, sinful people that we are, fallen, where our first reaction is to give blame to our spouse. It must be the spouse's fault. Mm -hmm. It must have let us down in some way. It's all their fault. But what if it's our expectations that are really that's unreasonable in this? You know, a lot of times tensions come up because husbands and wives assume the other knows what they want or what they need without telling them. How about you? I want to challenge you today. 
Have you initiated the conversation? Have you talked about some things, what your wants and needs are? I think that's very important. And disappointment, it's about something you may not be getting from your spouse. It could be emotional connectedness. It could be affirmation. It should be physical closeness. And then what you want to do is bridge the gap. And one step towards bridging that gap between you and your spouse is talking about it. This is how I feel, expressing yourself. And the point is not to make them feel bad, but just to open communication the two of you that can deepen your intimacy. And with tender feelings on both sides, this can be tricky. So go gently, spend some time, and almost, Willie, use that term, the hard startup. Think about the timing. When is a good time to do this? Uh, when can you make those time for those difficult conversations? Yeah, I, I see a lot of couples that will try to tackle some of these difficult conversations uh, when they're in, you know, just wa- getting ready to go someplace, getting mm-hmm. ready to go to work in the morning, or there are kids all around. Uh, and I think in our previous one, uh, maybe it was our first episode in this series, we talked about uh, like a weather permitting sign. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, uh, is this a good time? Are you, is this a good um, time? You know, checking the climate, is this a good time for us to really have this kind of serious conversation? And it may be even, um, as we think about looking at what we've talked about so far, identifying the issue and isolating the cause, it does require preparing for a difficult conversation. And I would encourage couples to, uh, maybe set a time when you're going to do that, and then spend some time praying. Yeah, Willie, the other thing that's important, too, it's time and place. I know mm, another couple good, I was dealing yeah. with, too, um, they had an elderly uh, 97-year-old mother who lived with them. And one of the things is that the the wife really wanted to, was frustrated with the husband because they were like, we never, we're never alone. She's always in the room for us. She's always talking. She's always part of our life. And I never feel like we ever have any time away from her when we can just get time alone, when we can have these deeper conversations. So that needs to happen, too. In this couple's case, you know, they had to finally make the decision, like, look, we need some respite care here. This, mm. You know, we need to have this time to have someone come in, pay somebody to come in to be with this person who could not be by themselves so they could actually get out of the house to go have some time to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah. So preparing for the difficult conversations, um, you know, place, time, uh, getting your heart in the right place. Both of you, uh, I would even suggest um, uh, something we talked about previously, that before you start to go through this conversation of identifying the issue, isolating the cause, that you uh, adopt the no-loser policy that Mm -hmm. we talked about previously, where you can even both agree, you know, just say out loud, okay, we agree to a no-loser policy. We really want to see, uh, we want to have this conversation to see what we can do to change our marriage relationship. Not so much to change our spouse, but to really change the dynamic that is our marriage relationship. So once you have, um, as we're thinking about these five steps to help you find hope in the days ahead uh, with disappointment, Uh, We've talked about identify the issue and then identify the cause. Then you get to the place of implementing the change. Uh, They say that a problem shared is a problem halved. And while the math might not be exact, simply putting (laughs) it out there is open. You know, it's a a very good, important first step. It opens you up to that first step. And once you have both been able to share your feelings and perspectives on the issue, and I think it's important to take turns doing that 
and to um, not do it in a way that is attacking. So, um, you know, this goes back to some of the basic communication of um, using I statements as mm -hmm. opposed to you statements. Mm -hmm. yes. this, this is one of the places where you can use your um, good communication skills. Um, but you're better, you know, you, you begin to share your feelings and perspectives on the issue. And as you do that, you're better equipped to see what you need what you each need to do to reduce or eliminate the source of disappointment. Uh, it might mean changing some of your actions. Uh, for instance, getting home from work in time for a family dinner three nights a week so that your spouse doesn't feel that she or he and the kids are less important to you. Uh, so I think that really talks about priorities. Um, so maybe changing your actions, but it may also require revising your attitude, which we'll talk about in just a moment again. But re realizing it's not up to your spouse to make you happy. Jerry. Wow. Wow, it's, isn't that revolutionary, Willie? It's not up to my spouse to make me happy. But I there's so it was. many people, Willie, they do rely on their, like, you're supposed to make me happy. You're supposed to fulfill all my needs. And it's like, uh, no, that's not, that's not <laughs> what my goal is. That's not what I signed up for, if they're really honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the other thing is if you're looking for your happiness to come from your spouse— that points out, again, another need uh, for, for Jesus, uh, another need for your heart to be focused on a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Willie, what's the difference, would you say, is between happiness and joy? Because sometimes I have this come up sometimes. People <laughs> ask that question. Yeah, very interesting that you should ask this. And I, you and I were talking a little while ago about uh, our week and what's going on, and I told you that this coming Sunday, I'm preaching in uh, the church where I serve as, a, uh, as an elder, as a member. And uh, I didn't tell you what my topic was. No, what's your topic? Guess. Guess. Is, is it happiness or joy? It's joy. Joy. Okay. <laughs> How do you like that? It's this perfect, perfect season for this, isn't it, Will? Yeah. Now I've got to try to remember my, my sermon notes so far. But <laughs> joy, you know, it... it Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> okay, good, Willie. I was hoping you were going to. Um, I have. Uh, there is a difference between happiness and joy, and and happiness is based. This is a very simple definition. Happiness is basically based on circumstances. So if my spouse is you know treating me well, if everything you know the kids are behaving themselves and my job is going well. Uh, circumstances are, you know, the way I want them to be, then I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Joy, however, is a much deeper emotion, and it's not based on circumstances. Biblical joy. Biblical joy uh, is, uh, has its roots, really, in the relationship that we have with God, in seeing God, uh, seeing Him in our lives, and seeing how He's guided our lives. And uh, I've been reading recently... Uh, about uh, Naomi and Ruth in the Old mm. Testament book of Ruth. Yes. And uh, the, the whole idea, in fact, uh, why don't we take a break? Would you like to take a break? Will yeah, we? I think why, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and I'll pick up this story for just a moment. That sounds wonderful. Uh, because I, I think this uh, really, really applies to what we're talking about here. So, folks, uh, we're going to take a short break and we will be back. We have a message for you. So uh, we look forward to seeing you on the other side of that. Hey, it's Willie Batson. Are you married? I bet you didn't marry each other for second best. No one wants an okay kind of marriage. However, there are seasons of life when you are busy with the kids, 
careers and a host of other commitments. And you know what? You can forget to be married. My Marriage Tune-Up Coaching Program can help you maintain the quality of love and commitment that you want in your marriage. Don't settle for just okay. As a pastor and marriage coach for more than 45 years, I have helped hundreds of couples work through relational issues with a Christ-centered approach on their journey of lifelong love. It would be my joy to help you continue building a dynamic and lasting relationship with each other. For more information, go to my website, williebatson.com, click on the coaching button. And now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to It's All About Relationships. Uh, my name is Willie Batson. I'm here with Jerry Vincent. We're talking here today about disillusionment and disappointment in relationships. And before we uh, went out uh, for the break, uh, we were talking about the uh, Jerry, you had asked me the difference between happiness and joy. Yes. And uh, I talked about how happiness is uh, pretty much based on circumstances. However, joy is not circumstantial, not not based on the things that are happening to us. It's much deeper. And uh, this um, coming Sunday, I'm preaching at our church on joy. And what I've learned, uh, I've been looking at one of my favorite stories, I think I said, was that the story of Ruth in the book of Ruth mm-hmm. uh, in the Old Testament, but I really like Naomi. Naomi mm. is uh, Ruth's mother-in-law. And basically, uh, for those of you not familiar with the story, uh, Naomi and her husband Elimelech lived in Bethlehem. And there was a famine in the land, and so they went to another country. They went to Moab, and they had two sons. And while they were uh, in Moab, uh, their two sons married two Moabite women, Orpha and Ruth. And while they were in uh, Moab, uh, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, he dies. And not too long after that, the two sons die And Naomi is left with her two daughters-in-law. In their culture, this is not a good thing. There are no children, uh, so there's going to be no legacy. Uh, And eventually, Naomi decides to leave Moab and go back to Bethlehem. And she tells her daughters-in-law that they should stay in Moab, find new husbands. Uh, She was too, uh, she said she was too old at that point to get married again. Uh, she couldn't guarantee that they would have husbands, and it would just be better for them to stay in their homeland. Orpha does do that. Ruth, however, stays with her and uh, comes back to Bethlehem. And there's that scene with uh, Naomi and Ruth are walking into the village of Bethlehem, and some women recognize Naomi, and they, they just you know call her, you know, welcome home, Naomi. Now, the, the name Naomi means pleasant one. And so she says to them, do not call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara, which means bitter waters. Mm. And uh, this is a very significant thing because she is very disappointed and disillusioned about God's plan for her life. She is coming back to Bethlehem, no husband, no sons, no grandchildren. And she's, uh, and at this point, an aged woman. Uh, but the story goes on as she goes through this journey in the book of Ruth, the whole story, that at the end of it, uh, Ruth marries Boaz, and uh, there's a whole wonderful story there. They end up having a child 
who then is a descendant or then goes on to be the father of, uh, I believe goes, Obed is the name of the son, goes on to be the father. Boy, of, you know, we're, we're, we're getting the whole sermon I know, here. I know, the, the whole sermon here, yeah, Willie, aren't we? The father of Jesse, who is the father of David. So, <laughs> and, and Ruth is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. In other words, uh, there, there's a connection to Christmas, which we are celebrating at this particular time. But the thing about it is at the end, uh, all the women there in Bethlehem around Naomi then say, blessed are you or happy are you. She has found joy even in the middle of her disappointment. And I like to look at it as a journey that she was on going from that great disappointment and disillusionment about God's plan for her life and moving to a place where she saw God continue to work in her life and bring deep joy, not, not the kind of just happiness based upon circumstances. Uh, and, and so I think that as we are looking in, as we're looking at the stage in our marriages where we might be in that disappointment phase and we're not feeling that joy, not even the happiness, but, you know, we're not feeling the joy. The Really, the root to that joy, the, the pathway to it, very often is through disappointment and disillusionment that we find true joy. So, um, coming back to what we were talking about, implementing the change that you decide in your marriage relationship, it, it might require revising your attitude about your spouse, realizing it's not up to your spouse to make you happy. Instead, what you can do is concentrate on how you can love them better rather than what you think they should be doing for you. Very often a marriage relationship, it's reciprocal. You take the first action or you, what you do very often, it's going to be returned to you after a period of time. So as you face your disappointment together, it really can be a springboard to a richer marriage. Hmm. And, you know, Willie, as we look at these things, you know, the last thing to really comment on is how to improve the attitude, the attitude of your relationship. And you do that by really taking those first steps of talking honestly with one another, with open hearts and a commitment to being open to personal change. And this can help lead to resolving those issues, issues that lead to disappointment. But I want to just caution people. There are some situations that just can't be changed. And especially, they can't be changed right away. We live in a culture that everything wants to be solved quickly, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, we look at this pandemic. Well, how come this wasn't over, you know, two years ago or something, and we're going into our third year? Um, you know, sometimes it's financial hardship or long-term illness, uh, you know, chronic illness situations. You know, the what was won't be again. But here it's important to accept what the future may be different. It doesn't have to be bad. Every marriage goes through seasons of closeness and separation. It's going to go through happy times and hard times. And I think it's in marriage, more than our other relationships, where we come face-to-face with the best in ourselves, and unfortunately, if we're honest, sometimes the worst of ourselves. And it's the best and worst also in our spouse. How we do or not do, how we face this awareness and respond to it, This becomes the running theme of our marital and our personal story, and it's going to determine the success or the failure of our marriage, and it's also much of our life. Well, Jerry, we have, um, thank you, you know, we have covered uh, a fair amount of material here, 
that I hope will be clear, it will be helpful. Maybe, uh, maybe our listener will have to go back and you know, review some of what we've been talking about here. But uh, it is possible, I think we both are agreed here, that it is possible to come out on the other side of this disappointment and disillusionment phase. It is possible to come out on the other side uh, with joy. Uh, but it does require an investment of our time, investment of our energy, attitude, a willingness to work on it, a, a willingness to set some new goals, dream some new dreams with each other. Uh, and, and again, for those of us who are followers of Christ, to find ways in which we can honor the Lord through our marriages and uh, glorify him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important part, Willie. Yeah. How do we honor? How do we honor the Lord through our relationships with our spouse? And, you know, you mentioned earlier about people look at our relationships, look at our marriages, and, uh, you know, lots of times that is the only... I had somebody tell me this once. They said, I guess my marriage is the only Bible that my neighbor's ever going to see. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good that one. That one always stuck with me. Yeah, and, for, and it, it, for those of you who don't think people are watching you uh, and paying attention to you, just let me uh, give a personal testimony that people do. That was one of the things when uh, Cindy was going through her long-term illness uh, and we were, um, we were around other people, we would get comments or cards uh, or notes, you know, people saying, I watched you uh, at a seminar or I watched uh, how you were relating to each other and could see the love that was there or see how you were kind to each other. I once said to Cindy after we got some of those notes, I said, well, this is a real challenge because we knew we were in public. Now, I hope we're doing the same thing in private. Mm -hmm. I hope that if they were to come into our home without us knowing it, that I mean, we're not perfect, but for the most part, they would see uh, that we're being kind to each other, or if we've been unkind, that we will confront that and deal with that very quickly. Mm. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, we are uh, so glad that you have joined us. Hopefully, you've listened to the other two episodes of this series, For Better and For Worse. There's certainly a lot more that we could cover, and perhaps we will at uh, some other future episode, but... Uh, We want to encourage you that there is hope and there is help uh, to get through this particular phase, the disillusionment, disappointment phase, the way to keep love alive and to consider, you know, when you're going through conflict, to call a truce, take a truce and figure out, uh, you know, figure out just how you're going to work through some of these challenging times before you give up. We really want to encourage people uh, not to give up so quickly. Mm-hmm. in uh, their marriages, in their relationships. So um, again, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, please visit our website. It's allaboutrelationships.com. No, it's allaboutrelationshipspodcast.com. <laughs> Podcast.com. Yes. I'll say that again. It's allaboutrelationshipspodcast.com. There's no apostrophe uh, in that. And, and, and Willie, and, also, I just want to say again, if you have an article, a topic, something you'd like us for discuss, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear how this podcasts have been really impacting your relationships and stories. We love mm-hmm. to read about your stories, about yeah. what it's doing. And you can send us a message by going to the website. It's all about relationshipspodcast.com. 
There is a uh, contact button there. There's also information about each of us with a link to our websites where you can go and get more information about our ministries, what we do, what we have coming up in the next few months. Uh, Jerry and I are talking about doing some uh, ministry together mm-hmm. uh, in, with seminars and conferences. And uh, we are also available to come to your church to speak, uh, to do a workshop or a date night, uh, something along that line. Uh, you just need to reach out to us. And again, it, the easiest way to do that is to go to the website. It's all about relationshipspodcast.com. Anything else we need to say, Jerry? Nope. I think we've said it, Willie. This, I think has, been a, this has been a great, <laughs> a great series that we've done here about it's all about relationships, but especially for better and for worse. Yes, very much so. Thank you, Jerry. For, thank you, Willie. Yes, and uh, thank you all, and uh, God bless you. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for It's All About Relationships with Willie Batson and Jerry Vincent. Please visit our website, itsallaboutrelationshipspodcast.com. All one word and no apostrophe, it's allaboutrelationshipspodcast.com for more resources about building great relationships. Be sure to look for our next episode as Willie and Jerry continue talking about how individuals and couples can work through relational issues with a Christ-centered approach. 